Hey everyone, this is Ed here. Quick note on today's show. Unfortunately, tech failed us again and my mic was not plugged in properly. So, sorry about the poor audio quality on my side. You can make it out okay. Enjoy the show. Right, Tom, how's it going? Yeah, really good, thanks. How about you? Yeah, all good. Uh, we've witnessed, I guess, a routine Carabao Cup third round victory. Third round? What am I talking about? Quarterfinal victory? Quarterfinal. Oh, sounds exciting. Ooh. United in the semifinals, first season for Ten Hag. Feel like we've only played about two games to get here, though. <laughs> it does feel like that, doesn't it? Has it been three? Has it been three? Yeah. Yeah, I guess it has been. Yeah, it's it's one round fewer, isn't it? Because United are in Europe. Yeah. Actually, this is an aside, but the the discussion paper that is being discussed, circulated around Premier League clubs, is at the moment is talking about any clubs in Europe could play an under twenty three side in this tournament. So making it look more like the Pepper John's Trophy, yeah, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's scrap it all together, really. That's kind of what we we went through a stage of basically doing that anyway, didn't we? And Arsenal yeah. definitely did as well. There was kind of that yeah. period where Wenger and Ferguson took this tournament really super unseriously. But it's kind yeah. of found it's found a bit of a regeneration of late, hasn't it? Really, I guess like there's well, not many competitions to win. Every year. Yeah, well, there well, are many yeah. competitions to win. It gives you does it give you it gives you passage into the Europa Europa, Europa League. League. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's still Europe, isn't it? And and City take it seriously, or they've got twenty five players of all basically the same quality, and so rotating guess, doesn't make much difference. I guess that's the thing as well. Like squads are a lot bigger these days, aren't they? So when you do rotate the squad, like with we did today, like playing Fred and McTominay, have not got that many minute, many much minutes least recently yeah, and then even like Lissandro Martinez hasn't been playing much recently so he's kind of he needs the minutes yeah that, that's right yeah a few of the players really needed this game time ahead of the derby at the weekend if they're going to play or at least if they're called upon I, I mean a few of the younger players got some game time but mm-hmm. it's not like this was 1995 and Fergie pulling out the whole of the class of 92 against who was it Port Vale yeah, and they were like the average age of the side was eighteen or something like that. Yeah. So not like that. I mean, we got to see Kobe Mainu, which was great. He, I wouldn't say it was his best performance. He's definitely a lot more dominant in yeah twenty one matches than that. Yeah, and we saw some bits, a few flicks and tricks that he likes, and he's normally pretty good on the board. I, I thought he found it difficult to get in the right kind of half spaces to actually receive the ball. Yeah, today. I didn't really. I don't know if he really knew where he was playing. Or that right. role just didn't suit him. It was kind of hard to work out because he was he was kind of playing above McTominay and Fred. But then also at times I saw him dropping deeper and stuff. It was almost like he'd be given a little bit of a free roll and yeah. kind of didn't have a role. I think he's trying role. to find space. Yeah. What I 
So a lot, a lot of what seemed to happen was that he was sort of at number ten, trying to find space between the, the midfield and the Charlton's defence. And it was Fred and McTominay on the ball, not being able to find him, mm. or he was in the passing lanes. And I guess a lot of that sort of game intelligence at the senior level, even playing Charlton, and also playing it's, with it's, McFred, it's, I guess, and playing with McFred, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, good to see him. And then Palestri got, what, five minutes at the end. It's a really odd one. Palestri. He was really good, though. He's good. I mean, he's very direct. He always yeah. looks, when you see him, when you see him, he looks good because he's very direct. I guess there's a question about his physicality, one, and, and his sort of maturity to mm. the final product. Because he's had, had the two line spells at Elevis and hasn't done loads. Yeah, that's really. a problem. Yeah, so he's all here. Melanga got game time. I mean, he just needs to get alone, doesn't he? Otherwise, he's going to spend the rest of the season getting yeah. hardly any minutes ever, basically. I thought I thought Palestri showed more in the five minutes that he was on the pitch than Alanga did the whole game, to be honest. I know Alanga was playing through the middle, which clearly doesn't suit his attributes. But I thought, yeah, I thought Palestri was really good. And he was almost, I thought in the five minutes that Palestri was on the pitch, he almost encapsulated everything that was... He was showing everything that Anthony doesn't do. Like, Anthony isn't very direct, gives the ball away so often. And whereas Plestri actually made the right decisions almost every time he had the ball today. Like, great pass for Rashford, nice little pass to McTominay after beating a man. Yeah. And I know Anthony scored a great goal, but Jesus, he is so frustrating. I mean... It- He's 10 on the skill level, 2 on the decision-making, isn't he? Yeah, He's... super. We've had some really frustrating players down the years. I think to Nani was a super one. Like Nani at times looked like a world beater, and then yeah. at other times he looked, oh, my God, you're horrendous. And and Anthony looks exactly like that. You, saw, you see the beautiful goal he scores, and he didn't even need that much space to execute. There's two touches and then bang. But then at other times, it's just like, what are you doing, mate? And there was, a, there was another example of that lack of right foot where he got to the byline and then almost lost the ball trying to get it off his right, almost ran it out of play trying to get it off his right foot when he had an open seam to just cross the ball. It's, he's, yeah, he is an enigma, to say the least. He is. Yeah, I, I mean... First, I don't know how you can get this far into a career and not have any. There, there were reports, not have any wrong foot, right foot, the I know. other foot. Can't do anything with it. How? How is this possible? I know. And, and, and now they're just like, apparently, I mean, so there were reports he's he's having special training to practice on his other foot. Then. <laughs> that is incredible. See, seems a bit odd, doesn't it? Anyway, yeah, just super. He's, he's like, you know, what, what, if you asked one of those AI chatbots, chat GBT, <laughs> turn Nanny up to eleven. Yeah, that would be that would be Anthony. Yeah, he's yeah. he's got a hell of a lot of progress to make on 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 the kind of raw materials. That said, the the kind of it feels like the ceiling's really high. I mean, United mm. obviously overpaid, but the skill level is really high. He's not doing some of the things he did at Ajax, like the take ons aren't there. He's not doing it. Mm-hmm. And partly that could be better defenders, partly confidence thing. Oh, it doesn't seem to lack in confidence. <laughs> no. Anyway, he can do a 720 spin. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a little odd. He's, he's just not doing all the things that brought him 
to United and then some of the raw materials in the final third in a more difficult league with, with better players isn't isn't quite coming off. So yeah, that's frustrating. I thought he had, I mean, first 20 minutes or so, he roasted the Charlton right back so often. It's just, I was like, oh God, this could be a mayor. But I, I think I've forgotten his name now, the Charlton right back. Claire, Claire, who I thought he came back into it okay. But there's some good moments from Garnacho. Lovely cutback and attempted curl wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And I guess the goalkeeper read that one. He was going before the shot was taken, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So some, some good moments from him. Um, yeah. And yeah, a couple of cutbacks that didn't quite. The one that went to, was it Dello? And he was trying to find Anthony. Yeah. And shot over. Yeah. I think he's, yeah, he's, he's just awesome. I think the more the more we see of Garnacho, the more excited you get. I mean, there's obviously the, the level isn't, great is is the state playing it's at the same level as he would have done in the EFL trophy league one team so yeah we obviously got to take that into account but it's just it's just the directness is excellent and also the end product like more often than not it does it does come off whereas obviously you see Anthony 85 million pound player on the other side no he scored a great goal but so much of Garnacho's actions end in a end in something fruitful Even, yeah even towards the end where you think, oh, maybe he might be dying out because he's a younger player, but he seems to be going for 90 minutes at the moment, which is really exciting. I mean, we've talked about his ceiling being super high and high in comparison to our other younger players, but yeah, you wonder how high this, how how high it could be because it's, it's the maturity and the composure in the final third, which really, really, really excites me, along with obviously the raw materials that are there. He's just... He's got a lot to him. He's got a lot of arrogance as well. I think that a lot of that is in a good way. I just wonder how much of that could be a limiting factor in time as well because those types of players sometimes can be a bit of... It can be a bit of a diva. Like My fear is that he might become a bit of a diva, but there's nothing to say that... Well, there is a few things to say that he might be because like you see some of his actions... You see the way that he was in preseason, and Ten Hag came down yeah. quickly on that. And yeah, you wonder whether you will be, but that's something for for later. It's on pitch ability. Is yeah, it's the sky is the limit, isn't it? Really? Yeah, and it's super high. I guess his challenge will be getting enough minutes with with Marcus Rashford mm. first pick off the left hand side in magnificent form, obviously. Uh, seems to have rediscovered all of that confidence that drained away for a couple of years. I mean, if you move Rashford through the middle, you lose quite a lot there, actually, in, yeah. in the numbers, in, in terms of his productivity. And so Garnacho at the moment, I guess he's first reserve for Marcus Rashford. We'll see what happens when Jaden Sancho comes back. If he comes back mm. from his long journey towards fitness, mental health, mm. and all of so yeah, a lot of options down the left one option really on the right and it's not quite working so i mean it's hard it's not to say that when he's just banged one in the top <laughs> top bins but that's uh, him all worldy, over but but it's yeah it is him all over yeah oh, he'll definitely start against city on on sunday though because he he can't oh he's very good defensively actually mm-hmm. he is he is diligent there and he he at least gives city to something but it might come up with a moment of brilliance yeah. But anyway, back to Garnacho, yeah, great hopes for him. I just hope he can get enough game time, mm-hmm. really. I'd, I'd kind of be interested to see him go through the middle. He's got that speed. I mean, obviously, he's not going to be playing with his back to goal, but anything in front of him, 
is is good. I mean, it's harder against a, a team that's going to sit deep like Charlton, but against a better team with a higher line, you'd think you'd be pretty dangerous. So. Yeah. For sure. Uh, what else? What else was of note in this game? I mean, obviously we get onto Marcus Rashford, who scored a couple later on, mm-hmm. and did really well both goals. Actually, so he lost the second one. Yeah, he this... just seems to be super confident right now, and, and the kind of thing he'd fluff oh, only six months ago. It's the it's it's the composure of that second one. It's like, like you say, I think in a even in that type of game where the game's over and we're playing against a League One team, I still think a year ago it'd have just blasted that wide. But the, it almost was jarring to see like how smooth he was in that moment, of just how relaxed you could just tell he was and just softly putting his left foot through the ball. Like It's so easy to just rush that and snatch it and just blaze it wide or slice it or whatever. But it's just it just sums up the, the confidence that he's playing with and... And the quality that he also has, like we we obviously knew over and over. That's the that's the weird thing about watching football. Really, you you don't almost know how good someone is sometimes because they can do terrible things, but it's just down to their mental like their mental state at that moment in time. Whereas his mental state is so almost perfect right now, and his ability is so high. Is that that like? That just make he makes that finish look so easy when it really, really isn't. And I think the first one as well was a, a really interesting finish. At first, you're like, "How did that go in?" But like, I think he spots the gap where the keeper dives and he can just put it round him. Like, yeah, it's 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 just lovely to see how good Rashford is right now, and I, I like the little celebration as well. Yeah, yeah, sort of muted thing that he's doing at the moment. Yeah. It was it was good for Ten Hag to be able to bring on like just quality basically. Mm. Brought on Rashford, Ericsson, Casemiro to try and close out the game and win it. And it worked perfectly. I mean, Casemiro did his usual thing of fouling people and getting away with it. <laughs> yeah, it's very very good at that. He just absolutely clattered into one of the Charlton players and kind of made it look like an accidental coming together. I was like, that's as cynical as it gets, that one. Anyway, it's, it's, yeah. just, it's just so good of it because, like, you know, like, nasty players of, of like, a two-so or whatever, like, they've got on, like, they, they've, like, would be terrible at playing poker because they you can just see the anger in their face every time they make a challenge. Whereas Casemiro just looks like a nice guy. He's just trying about doing his business and then... He almost does it in like a clumsily way, which is almost like unassuming. Oh, sorry, I really didn't mean to make that foul. And the ref is just like, get away, you little scamp. What are you doing? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> the, one, the one thing I'm amazed at with Casemiro is just the, the thing I was most concerned about and seeing him as a player is the physical part to it because I'd, I'd kind of thought uh, in the last season or so that he'd lost a little bit of that at Madrid and... Mm. Perhaps he was part of a mid- midfield that was getting overrun more often than in the past. Cruz Modric getting older and he was ageing with them. So I think obviously yeah, five years younger or so. And I've been surprised at how physical he still is. Mm-hmm. That's my only concern with him, the player. The other concern, of course, about the money, but it kind of doesn't doesn't look like it's very expensive at the moment given no. how, how much quality he's brought to the team. But yeah, I'm just, just surprised how much he keeps going and, and that kind of what felt like a waning physical presence isn't true. No. Which is just a real bonus. 
And there were so many question marks about... There's always question marks when players leave Real Madrid, I think, because it's like... I thought that with Varane as well. It's like, why are they getting rid? Like, what's wrong with them? And are also they going to be able to... Have they still got the hunger left to perform at post-Real Madrid after winning so many titles? And there was obviously loads of question marks about that. Like, he's going to United for the money. But his mentality is amazing. Like, and it's, it's, it's so needed in that team. The winning mentality, the confidence that we should we should be Man United. We should be the best best team here. The the game management, the game intelligence, there was the game a few weeks, I can't remember who it was, where we were won the lot quite late. And Casemiro looked like the only man who was like realising the situation. Like, if we can see here, we're in real trouble and everyone else is kind of going through the motions. But he's he's always so switched on. And, and that's what a defensive midfielder should be. But I don't know. I, I was a little bit concerned about what his mentality would be like, but it's just, it's so elite. You can see why he's won so many titles, why he's been such a crucial player for such a, a huge yeah. club for so many years. And that's something that to me really, really stands out because United during this malaise have really struggled for players like that. And I think Varane is exactly the same in that regard. You can tell that they're used to winning and not many, and and I think it has a, a rippling effect on the rest of the team. And I'm not I'm sure like Rashford feels that from Ten Hag used to winning in, in Holland. Casemiro, he seems to have a really good on pitch relationship like when Casemiro played the great pass to Rashford today, like them sharing a joke afterwards and they share jokes after quite a lot of celebrations. I think it's having having a rippling effect on the whole team, to be honest. And those players who aren't used to winning, I think to Harry Maguire as well. Like hopefully it will have effect on those and yeah, bring up bring that winning mentality back to United, which has been sorely, sorely lacking for the last yeah, ten years or so. Ten years, yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean you're totally right. Yeah. He's he's and Ten Hag spoke about it, didn't he, last week mm-hmm. about the, the, the mentality. I mean he spoke about the, the United shirt weighing heavy and and it being about not just the quality but the mentality as well and it's absolutely right with Casemiro he's driving players on I, I actually don't know whether his English is any good or not but it's just on pitch presence and performances mm-hmm. demonstrate the quality required yeah and Brent I mean Casemiro left Real Madrid because they bought Tuchemini or were going to and Camavinga the year before and they're trying to refresh that midfield I guess mm-hmm. and maybe he saw the writing on the wall two players basically in his position who were younger, and he thought that's is the right time. I mean, he got paid well at Madrid. He gets, he gets paid slightly better at United, but it's not life changing amounts of different. And and Brown was slightly different in that he he spoke about he'd won everything, so why not try something different? I mean, in fact, he was asked about it, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Do you regret going to United after the chaos of last season? <laughs> so anyway, anyway, yeah, totally right. Both uh, both um, winners. And it's just really important. And and if you're not going to win this trophy, likely the likelihood is we're going to have to beat Manchester City, who've won it for the last 17 years in a row, or whatever <laughs> it is. And we'll need both of them, as well as on Saturday against the same opposition. Mm-hmm. I mean, these these are the players who won't shrink yeah. in that kind of match. In the in the previous game against City, obviously United got hammered. Didn't play Casemiro, played Scott McTominay. Ten Hag, I think, didn't he say something afterwards about shrinking? 
Mm. I can't remember exactly the did, phrasing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and or he probably didn't use that word exactly, but that was the kind of meaning behind it, being scared of it. And I don't think that will be the case in the match coming up. We've got too many, too many big players now, or mm. more big players. Never had too many, but more big players. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, yeah, it really counts. And, and Wayne and I uh, last week, I guess, we were talking about the FA Cup, and the, it would have been in the the backers content. Patreon.com forward slash NQAT pod for anyone who wants to get our weekly bonus show. Just plug bet. We were talking about uh, some some of the, our favourite cup runs, and of course, ninety four cup run double winning side. That's a side that contained Mark Hughes, Eric Cantona, Paul Lintz, Roy Keane, Steve Bruce. Am I right? I think just just so many huge players mm. in terms of ex- not only expecting to win, demanding. Yeah. to win and you know definitely been missing that mentality monsters i think that's what jürgen klopp causes men when when they but i, I do like not that anymore they aren't no they are definitely not but i do like that phrase because they that united most of the united teams under fergie were mentality monsters i guess it that also had a rippling effect that the more they won they just became yeah absolute forces of nature and yeah i think i think ten hogs got it in him to to have that to enforce that with throughout the team it's it's already like like i say and, and rashford's obviously spoken about this as well that he's he's getting that type of mentality from the manager and i think sending sancho away to to try and get his head right is is part of that i think it's almost like the modern modern version of of making players this these steely mentality monsters like you're not afraid to to I guess admit a little bit of vulnerability to to try and improve yourself, which exact I right. think in in years gone by that would have been seen as weakness. Whereas I think now it's seen as it's seen as a strength that yeah, Sancho's and Ten Hag have come to this decision where where yeah, I, he's not in the right place at the moment, and we saw with his ability it was waning really quite considerably and hopefully he's going to come back and be a mentality monster because he he looked like that type of player at Dortmund like to go into Germany and go and do that like I yeah and then right it's just another player can be added to the to this pool of Lissandro Martinez absolute mentality monster if you want to talk about that yeah and then yeah and you you hope that someone like Maguire can maybe turn himself around as well like but tonight yeah. I, 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 mean, talking I doubt, about Mag- I doubt it with it. Yeah. yeah talking about Maguire like oh, he didn't even look like he'd found his level tonight yeah it, it's, he, he made a lot of passes Maguire didn't he I mean playing off the the right hand side yeah a few not yeah the, the the nice diagonals were, were decent. yeah a few nice diagonals yeah I mean the pitch opens up for him he was playing on the right I think I do think he finds it hard with his body position to play it to the right. Mm. It's yes, it doesn't. Yeah, he's, he's just he's just not a good mover. He's got just. He's, I mean, can you imagine him as a dancer? Like the hips, oh. the hips moving. His hips definitely do lie. I say we need to get him on Dancing with the Stars. Yeah, and that'll get maybe that get him moving. We're talking about unusual, unusual approaches to getting a player right. It's, maybe that'll work. The anti Shakira. Maybe, well, he's definitely, yeah. Maybe, well, now she's split with PK, maybe she can teach him a couple of things. But he's got the agility, <laughs> he's got the agility of a bathtub. He's just. Okay, he really has. He got uh, Meg tonight as well. <laughs> he's just. 
Well, I feel like we're very much dumping on him, but it's just so easy to dump upon. When I was in Morocco for the World Cup, I was I watched a lot of games on the BN Sports coverage, which was in Arabic, and I watched a couple of England games through that. And the commentator literally just laughs at Harry Maguire. Like, every time he, like, does something, like, remotely bad, the commentator just laughs his head off. And you're like, this is just so mean. But probably quite fair. There were reports in the week that, because he was photographed somewhere in the Birmingham region, that he might be joining Aston Villa. It seems to have been denied on all parts. I'd be... At this stage, I'd be really quite shocked if he's not moved on in the summer. Hmm. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense to do it during the middle of the season, especially with Varane being so vulnerable to injuries. Yeah, but yeah. In the in the summer, it's just doesn't. It's not a good fit. It's not a good fit for Ten Hag and a high higher line. You know, he'd have to play a lot deeper with him. It, it just doesn't. It just doesn't seem right. So no, it's uh, also probably probably good for everyone if he moves on for a decent fee. I mean, not going to get anywhere near what they paid for him. Clearly, but uh, even half of that would be fair enough. Yeah, it's also the problem that I I don't think it's a problem, but it's just the embarrassing thing that he's still the captain, and uh, when he has to come on the pitch, he has to take the captain's armband. I think it's you know like when when Giggs used to be the captain, or it was like an older statesman, or Gary Neville, or Roy Keane, or whatever when. When they came with a kind of well, Keane wasn't really coming towards the end of his United career, but Giggs and Gary Neville, where they would come on and, and take the armband, it's a little bit different when you're you're a club legend like that and you've won it all. Where when you're Harry Maguire coming on for ten minutes to take the captain's armband from players who are significantly better than you, always been better than you, and you've been, to be quite frank, an embarrassment as a United captain. It's super embarrassing taking the captain's armband every time. I mean, I mean, I'm not saying that he shouldn't be because it's kind of what you have to do. But it's just like, oh, really? It's just a bit silly, isn't it? Really, apparently. Well, I don't know. Unless you've got anything else to talk about when it comes to the Charlton game, maybe we can talk about the derby at the weekend. Sounds good. Yeah, I think I, I think there's so many, so much you can talk about League One opposition. Yeah, yeah. Well done, Charlton, your, your plucky fans. You <laughs> brought out all the hits. Do you know what? I, I, I really... I, I don't know why, but it really winds me up, just football fans, when you hear them just with their rubbish songs. like Rubbish. We forgot that you were here. Oh, honestly, come on. League One standards. It, it is League Song. League One standards. League songs, One. All of them. League One songbook, yeah. Like, come on. Everton fans were pretty embarrassing at the weekend as well. Yeah. 9,000 of them could barely hear them. And anyway, City at the weekend. Big game, obviously, both for United's position in the league and kind of proving point for how well this confidence is translating. Eight, eight, eight wins in a row, six post the World Cup. How How it's translated revenge for the... 6-2 earlier in the season. Yeah, there's a lot on the there's a lot at stake, isn't there, at the weekend? And and a stronger performance, right? Being really in the game, not being timid. I mean, mm. clearly City will have more possession because they do. But like really showing some intent with the possession that we have. I think that's what we need. <laughs> Feel, feeling that we're not inferior. Yeah. Wow. 
I am almost entirely sure we won't be. I think we'll see a similar typeish performance, but a more a similar typeish performance than we did against Arsenal. But I think at that, but I think more refined than we saw that day. I thought we were we from for a mentality perspective and an effort perspective, we were great that day. But I think quality, we weren't particularly great, and obviously we still won. And I think we will have to be more refined to beat City today on Saturday. But I think there's a big part of me that thinks we will. I, I, when saying that, I'm reminded of what Gary Neville did before the last City game where he went on Twitter before the game. He was like, yes, United are winning, United are winning when he saw the team sheet. But this is a completely different United to that day. Casemiro, like you say, is a huge upgrade on McTominay. And the whole mentality of the team is is really on the up. And also, City, obviously they were good against Chelsea, but everyone beats Chelsea these days. They've not been that great all season, I don't think. Like, the Haaland experiment is obviously working wonders for Haaland's goal-scoring statistics, but they looked better with Alvarez in the team on at the weekend. Are the, right. Is... is Pep going to be bold enough to, I mean, he, he loves a, a random tactical change for a big game. Is he going to be bold enough to take Haaland out of the team on Saturday? I don't no. think so. I don't think he'll do that, but he may come up with a system. I mean, he did against Chelsea the game before, didn't he? The league game. It was, it was kind of weird watching Cancelo on the wing mm. or midfield or wherever he was playing. Sort of, sort of out wide right, wasn't it? Yeah. I, you know, he, he can do that. That's It's been his undoing for many a Champions League yes. campaign and need to unnecessarily come up with some kind of thought experiment as a as a football tactics, as football tactics. I, I don't see it against United, though. I, I think it'll be a pretty standard City side. Mm-hmm. The, the bigger questions are on United's side, really. Most of the team picks itself. I mean, I imagine Lissandro Martinez got 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Did he get 90 minutes today? Yes. He got a lot. Yeah. yeah. So I, I imagine he'll play alongside Ferran, who's been wrapped in cotton wool. Mm-hmm. We'll see Dave back. We'll see Luke Shaw at left back. Right back's a problem. Delo came off today. Yeah, and he didn't look great before during that game either, did he? No, giving his groin a good hard rubbing mm-hmm. as well. So, I mean, it's a different. He had a hamstring problem before. Maybe it's just precautionary, we'll see, but anything muscle-related, you wouldn't expect to see him, which will be a shame because as well as when Fazeka has done, he's done okay. He's, mm. He was okay today, okay in the three other games he's played. He doesn't offer almost anything going forward, and, and it just means you, you have a free a free side of the pitch, basically, mm. as a defensive as a defensive side. So and- anyway, midfield... Is another question, isn't it? Casemiro is obviously going, going to play, and so will Bruno. And and the question is the third spot: is it Ericsson because it gives United control of the ball and creation of chances? Second second top assist maker in the Premier League this season, or is it someone like Fred with a bit more pressing ball recovery? Doesn't use the ball as well. Mm. That's a question. And then up front, it's going to be Anthony, Anthony Martial, and Rashford, yeah. assuming they're all fit. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, the thing is, yeah, any question about I think the, 
I think this kind of sound counterintuitive to the way I see football, but I think actually Fred would would be better suited for this game. I just think also like breaking away, if we need to break fast, he is someone who can take the ball forward. And I know Ericsson has so much ability on the ball and he can take us forward in a different way by playing great passes with either foot. It's it's just his physicality, which I just I'm a little bit concerned about in this game. It's really difficult to pick. If I was like, if I was the manager, I would really be almost like doing a coin flip here or trying to do everything to figure out what would be the best and how do I want to set up my team here. There's the obvious, the differences are obvious. What each player is going to bring to the team, but it's yeah, it's it. It's obviously how much ball do they expect us to have at home? If we if if they expect us to have a decent amount, then obviously Ericsson's the the point. But we are we yeah. are we are a good counter attacking team, and if if say Wambasaka's in the team as well, that maybe brings up a different question because he's obviously going to offer you even less going forward than than what obviously Dallo will. So if if you play Wambasaka and Fred, you've almost got two players who can't even attack. Well, I know Fred can to a certain degree, and he hit the post with a great free kick today. But in comparison to obviously Ericsson, he's, he's got yeah, yeah. Well, it's also control, isn't it? And, and Ten Hag talks quite a lot about control, mm. and he wants he wants the team to be dominant, and you can dominate in different ways. So teams dominate against City by having really good defensive shape and forcing City to play in front of them all the time, and not actually not falling into the pressing trap of trying to press too early and allowing City to play through mm. you. And that's how you beat City typically. Unless you're going to go head-to-head. That's not how Liverpool played them, obviously, but how most teams try and play them. And when when they win, it's, it's that. Right? Sit, sit, sit a bit deeper, close down the spaces in between the lines and, and force City to play in a way that they don't want to play. I don't think... United are going to do that. I'd be surprised. We've not really seen a performance like that under Ten Hag. I think he's he's more likely to want United to dominate the ball. It's very hard with Fred. So although mm. the defensive side of things makes a lot of sense, playing Fred in there, he's tended to not do that. He's yeah. tended to go with Ericsson just, just for the use of the ball. It does mean United are a bit soft through the middle. And we still have given up chances mm-hmm. in recent games. Gave up chances against Bournemouth and against Forest. Yeah. And... and and, and some against Everton not very good, really, are they? Everton. So, so I guess that's a concern. I, I couldn't, I couldn't really say which way I think he's going to go, though. It's yeah, there's no, and I'd be surprised if he like completely changes around the system and goes with three at the back or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, it, it was Ollie, maybe, but Ten Hag seems to have a system and seems to keep playing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and that that's why we're getting some consistency in the way United play. It looks like a certain kind of team, doesn't yeah. it? It's like a Ten Hag team. Yeah, and the thing is with Fred, like for all of the attributes that he does bring, he's not particularly infallible in that position anyway. So I guess the thing is, if you play Fred in front of the the back four uh, alongside Casemiro, it's not like you're guaranteed to concede fewer chances because he's he's not that good. He just obviously brings a lot of energy in that position, and and I think dynamism as well on on the ball. He can, if he's at his best, Fred he can be so crucial and so good. Like it's just his tidiness on the ball is just, 
it's so, so erratic. And when you have yeah. Anthony on one side and then Wambisaka as well, like that does become a bit of an issue. Whereas, like you say, Ericsson's control has just been so good this season. I mean, in an ideal world, we'd have Frankie de Jong there and the, we wouldn't have any questions about that because Frankie de Jong would offer all all the control and all the dynamism in the world because he's so great across the floor. But we didn't obviously make that signing and we probably never will. No, Frankie de Jong's next move will be to Turkey in five years' time yes. or something like that. <laughs> Yeah. They will be linked with him every transfer window from now until then. So yes. enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess one player that won't be signing at City will be João Felix, who looks like he's off to Chelsea. There was some discussion at United. It looks like they're paying a huge amount of money. I mean, t- £10 million loan fee plus all his wages and stuff. It's, I mean, they just chuck him money at everything at the moment, aren't they, Chelsea? It's, it's a hell of a gamble. It, almost like, almost to the point it's a kind of no-win gamble because... <laughs> If he doesn't do that well, and it's not clear that he's going to be a number nine for them, mm. which is their problem at the moment, he, he'll be extremely expensive. Yeah. 20 million euros, 18 million pounds or something. If he does do really well, I don't think they have an option in that deal, do they? His price is up again. Yeah. So, yeah. And I don't, I'm not sure how he win. Although, I suppose if he scores so many goals that they make the Champions League, it'll be seen as worth it. He'll have to be that many. Though. Yeah, but I think. I think they're. I almost think they're out of that Champions League run now. Champions League debate now, like they're they're miles off, and they look rubbish. And he's not. Like, yeah, they're basically ten points. They're ten points off the Champions League, which so it needs it needs a lot of teams to not do very yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. So it's obviously it. ten. Yeah, and they're tenth, aren't they? So, yeah. like you say, there's a lot of teams that you're relying on there, and a lot of points. And he, I don't understand where he fits into that team like you say they're looking for a number nine they've got a lot of players who are similar-ish to him who can play have hurts yeah they spent 90 odd million yeah and they signed sterling they've got mount they've got ziech they've yeah. got which maybe on their day if jao felix is on his day which is very very rare they're not as good as him but i would say sterling probably is on his day but when when is Jao Felix's day? So rare, and I guess the only thing is, like you say, if he does go and score loads of goals, I still don't think they'll drag him to the Champions League. Even if he does score loads, then yeah. I guess you could say, yeah, they've had a try before they buy kind of scenario where they've spent ten million. They've realised that this lad has still got some ability. He can do it in the Premier League. And yeah, we're going to sign him in the summer and he's going to be the next big thing. But I think if he looks like a, it's going to be like a Coutinho kind of thing, I think maybe two or three decent-ish looking games and then we'll, he's going to we'll drop off there. We'll see if he's that bad. <laughs> I know that is. But yeah. obviously, Joe Felix is a lot younger and he's not been through he's the younger. The talent's there. It's just, I think it's almost, it's not just like, can he do it? He'll be in a more attacking team, which I imagine. Yeah. Imagine will suit him better than being at Atleti. It's it's also where he's basing an auxiliary left back. <laughs> everyone is wing back. Uh, Every player, yeah, is. everyone is. Yeah, it's so, like his positioning. It, it, yeah, if it feels like he's he's the yeah a good player in the the wrong team, it's not what. There's, they're there's anyway, no. They'd been the same. They'd been the same at United, right? Where mm-hmm. he preferred to sort of drift off the left into the central areas and 
and anyway, he's not coming. It looks like that big cost is yes. some uh, deal where they pay Besiktas some money to break the loan deal. And I don't know what they'll be paying Burnley for the loan fee. It won't be much. It's interesting on this one. <laughs> it's exciting. Big. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's got the mentality, so everyone says. He's a special character, apparently. Well, he, 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 he seems like an absolute madhead, to be honest. Like, in, in, in the World Cup, he was just absolute top value. Like, that, obviously, the game against Argentina. As soon yeah. as he came on the... Well, in talking about mentality monsters, he looks like one. Like, he just... He, yeah, he, yeah. he, he really looks like a winner. Like, and I loved him in that game against Argentina. Just his, his enthusiasm, his will to win. Obviously, his ability in the air is great. He also came up with the idea of the of the set piece where he scored. It was his idea. Yep. He'd done it before in in Germany. He scored loads of goals in yep. the Bundesliga as well. What one in two in the Bundesliga? And, and yeah, into, it's, not, it's not a bad one in two. Besiktas yeah. as well this season, like in his yep. first season at a new club, which is pretty good. I only thing is that I don't really know how he fits into this United team currently. I know like Ten Hag in the past. I'm not sure he's starting games. No, he's not going to be. uh, But it's just kind of like, yeah, yeah, the the system is going to have to change every time he comes onto the pitch because he's a big man playing through the middle, like a little bit like Haller was doing at Ajax last season, which obviously Ten Hag likes. Just not quite as dynamic. Yeah, I mean, Ten Hag does like a real number nine. And Haller is almost a prototype number nine for Ten Hag, isn't he? But But he's a great plan B, like in the same way as like, I loved I loved that performance from Holland in the last 20 minutes against Argentina where you, you rarely ever see a team with 20, because it was 10 minutes and then it was always 10 minutes of added time in the World Cup. So you, ne- you never really see with 20 minutes to go, a team go that direct, that aggressively. They should have done it throughout the extra time as well. But that is always just an option for us to just lump it up to Vegkos because he's going to be super good in the air. And when was the last time we had like a guy who could just chuck yeah. balls up to? I mean, I guess we had Fellaini. Yes, um, of course. He was yeah, a, yeah. a really tall player who couldn't jump, <laughs> which was kind of weird. Vegkos is genuinely good. I, I hope it doesn't resort to too much of that because then you lose the control yeah. and there's always a temptation. It's not, it's not just lumping up. It's the kind of early, the deep cross, mm. isn't it? If... Anthony getting into those kind of positions wide on the right where he likes to cut back on his left and curl it to the back post. Mm-hmm. He's good at he's actually good at that. If if there's someone getting on the end of those, yeah. I think he'd score a few goals like that. So we'll we'll see. And Shaw can put in a, a really good ball as well. So yeah. The, the, there there are roots, certainly. He's 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 also the prototype big lad with a good touch because yeah. he? he's actually he's not clumsy. no he's good he's, he's actually decent he's good on yeah. the ball i mean I, I wouldn't be this excited if it was the summer and we were going to have to rely on their course throughout this the year but it's just it's just an exciting kind of little treat for a few months uh, uh, but and i guess I, so i mean I'd, I'd prefer we're spending 90 million on the next brilliant forward and anthony martial who stays fit mm, and scores goals yes but you have to spend ninety million on those players, and obviously not too many clubs release their players during the winter window. And, and there's a question about who who that next number nine really is. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, and Cuckoo's going to Chelsea for that much money in the summer. Mm-hmm. 
basically and and who's the next one after that so it's a good question yeah it's difficult to think i thought vlavic might have been the the next coming but he, he seems to have tailed off a little bit this season and i guess it might be difficult to pry him away from juventus though and then you also look at lautaro martinez but you look at him in the world cup and you think oh god maybe not it's it's difficult yeah, to find he was he was he was dreadful yes Nothing and, short of. And and Inter have always been really reluctant to let him go for mm. whatever reason. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, I guess that's it. Mm-hmm. And any other thoughts? No, I'm 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 very much excited for Saturday, and I really, I really do think we're going to win. I really do. It's, it's a it's a bold it's a bold prediction. It's a bold. <laughs> I, I don't think you we're going to win. I really hope. We, I hope we do. I hope we take it to City. They're rattled by our high press and intensity, which is maintained. Which is, yeah, the, the pattern has been, especially with Oli in charge, high press for ten minutes, tails off, gets banged. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's yeah. true. And and I, it's it's just it's so much better defensively. Martinez, Varane, sure. Be nice if Delo's back. At least if Juan Pazeca is back, you've got you've got good pace mm-hmm. there. And and Casemiro slightly deeper in front you've at least got a very solid defensive base with ship six again i'd be absolutely shocked (laughs) no no way and and also these players really feed off the crowd and the crowd have been big in big games like even like well for they're big in big games pretty much all the time i think and this team as well like the fans are really connected the players are connecting with the fans and also the fans are connecting with the players like you see this the way that martinez has been come into being such a cult hero united that they're going to play a huge part as well like and just i don't know i think i'm gonna yeah i I could talk and talk myself into this for over and over and i'm going to be convinced super convinced that we're going to win but i I, there's a big strong feeling inside of me that we are going to win on saturday I'm gonna look like a, Go on, you're I'm gonna look like an idiot when it's like six one again. Gotta be confident and look, mentality. There you go, and I see it. Tom, mentality monster. <laughs> That's all I've spoken about today. Uh, says I'm the, I'm yeah, Tom Allardyce. Allardyce, yes. All right. yes. All right, thanks everyone. We'll catch you after the city game.